Chapter Forty Three of Nature and Art. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Nature and Art by Elizabeth Ichabald. Chapter Forty Three the progressive rise of william and fall of agnes had now occupied nearly the term of eighteen years added to these another year elapsed before the younger henry completed the errand on which his heart was fixed and returned to england shipwreck imprisonment and other ills to which the poor and unfriended traveller is peculiarly exposed detained the father and son in various remote regions until the present period and for the last fifteen years denied them the means of all correspondence with their own country the elder henry was now past sixty years of age and the younger almost beyond the prime of life still length of time had not diminished but rather had increased their anxious longings for their native home the sorrows disappointments and fatigues which throughout these tedious years were endured by the two henrys are of that dull monotonous kind of suffering better omitted than described mere repetitious of the exile's woe that shall give place to the transporting joy of return from banishment yet often as the younger had reckoned with impatient wishes the hours which were passed distant from her he loved no sooner was his disastrous voyage at an end no sooner had his feet trod upon the shore of britain than a thousand wounding fears made him almost doubt whether it were happiness or misery he had obtained by his arrival if rebecca were living he knew it must be happiness for his heart dwelt with confidence on her faith her unchanging sentiments but death might possibly have ravished from his hopes what no mortal power could have done and thus the lover creates a rival in every ill rather than suffer his fears to remain inanimate the elder henry has less to fear or to hope than his son yet he both feared and hoped with a sensibility that gave him great anxiety he hoped his brother would receive him with kindness after his long absence and once more take his son cordially to his favour he longed impatiently to behold his brother to see his nephew nay in the ardour of the renewed affection he just now felt he thought even a distant view of lady clementia would be grateful to his sight but still well remembering the pomp the state the pride of william he could not rely on his affection so much he knew that it depended on external circumstances to excite or extinguish his love not that he feared an absolute repulsion from his brother but he feared what to a delicate mind is still worse reserved manners cold looks absent sentences 
and all that cruel retinue of indifference with which those who are beloved so often wound the bosom that adores them by inquiring of their countrymen whom they met as they approached to the end of their voyage concerning their relation the dean the two henrys learned that he was well and had for some years past been exalted to the bishopric of this news gave them joy while it increased their fear of not receiving an affectionate welcome the younger henry on his landing wrote immediately to his uncle acquainting him with his father's arrival in the most abject state of poverty he addressed his letter to the bishop's country residence where he knew as it was the summer season he would certainly be he and his father then set off on foot towards that residence a palace the bishop's palace was not situated above fifty miles from the port where they had landed and at a small inn about three miles from the bishop's they proposed as the letter to him intimidated to wait for his answer before they intruded into his presence as they walked on their solitary journey it was some small consolation that no creature knew them to be poor and ragged father the younger smilingly said is no disgrace no shame thank heaven where the object is not known true my son replied henry and perhaps i feel myself much happier now unknowing and unknown to all but you than i shall in the presence of my fortunate brother and his family for there confusion at my ill success through life may give me greater pain than even my misfortunes have inflicted after uttering this reflection which had preyed upon his mind he sat down on the roadside to rest his agitated limbs before he could proceed farther his son reasoned with him gave him courage and now his hopes preponderated till after two days journey on arriving at the inn where an answer from the bishop was expected no letter no message had been left he means to renounce us said henry trembling and whispering to his son without disclosing to the people of the house who they were or from whom the letter or the message they inquired for was to have come they retired and consulted what steps they were now to pursue previously to his writing to the bishop the younger henry's heart all his inclinations had swayed him towards a visit to the village in which was his uncle's former country seat the beloved village of anfield but respect to him and duty to his father had made him check those wishes now they revived again and with the image of rebecca before his eyes he warmly entreated his father to go with him to anfield at present only thirty miles distant and thence write once more then again wait the will of his uncle the father consented to this proposal even glad to postpone the visit 
to his dignified brother after a scanty repast such as they had been long inured to they quitted the inn and took the road towards anfield end of chapter forty three recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c